Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. I'm excited about this message because this pertains to you. This pertains to you. And how many of you know that I'm just a conductor? I want you to understand something. I'm just a conductor. And the conductor, if you ever know, is when they ever lead a choir. Has anybody ever been in a choir before? Have you ever been in a choir before? Have you ever been in band before? Anybody been in band before? You've been in band? Have you ever coached before? Anybody ever coached before? Right? I think we all have done some kind of way. But if you ever notice a coach or a band instructor or, or a conductor, they never sing. They never play. They just point. And it's always the band. It's always the individuals that make the noise or do the game. They don't do it. They just point and, and instruct. And what happens with the church, I want you to understand something. Today I want to talk with you about omelets have variety. And today I want to just share with you today that me as a conductor, I just happen to have the privilege of being the pastor of a great body, of a great church. But it, without you, we couldn't have the church or we couldn't have the body or we couldn't accomplish things that get done around here at Adventure Church. So I want to say thank you for being the church and being the body that you are. But over the last few weeks, we've been talking about the omelet. We talked about the omelet starts with the egg. Everything starts with the egg. Everything in our relationship with God starts with the Word of God. Everything has to filter through the Word of God. So without the omelet or without the egg, you wouldn't have the omelet. Without being established in your word, with you wouldn't be able to know who Christ was. You wouldn't even know how to relate with Jesus because you wouldn't have the manuscripts, the Bible, to give you the instructions or teach you about who Jesus was. Then we talked about that the omelet had substance. And substance means for our personal life is prayer, that we need prayer. Prayer is the igniter that keeps the flame going in your life. Without prayer, you heard me say this before, the people who are not praying are strained. The pastor who isn't praying is plain. You got to pray to keep up today. I always say, you got to pray to make it today. Pray. You got to pray to make it today. You don't know that neither. Amen. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, I'm going to get you with it, right? That's that ghetto coming out of me, man. Amen. The ghetto man. But uh, you got to pray to make it. You got to pray to stay in the game. You got to pray to keep up. You got to pray to keep strong with God. And over the last week, we talked about prayer. And I'm just going to recap real quick. A couple weeks ago, if we, re if prayer, if prayer is really what changes things, then why aren't we praying more? Amen? Can I say that to you? So prayer. Prayer is adding substance to your walk with God. Prayer is the communication between you and God. It's not just a, a one-way street. It's a dialogue that God, you talk to God, God in turn talks to you. I'll say this. Prayer is not about how well you can pray, but how well you know him. We talked about that last couple weeks ago. Moses couldn't talk. Moses said, hey, send my brother Aaron. I can't talk. I'm not eloquent enough in my speech. And I, Prayer is not about how you say it. It's, it's the intentions of your heart. God says, I, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at your heart. So prayer is not about how well and how eloquent you are and how you can say the right things and do the right thing. God says, look, I look at your heart. You see, you make heart connection with God when you totally surrender it to God. God said, just come together with me with all your heart. Prayer is where you can undress your thoughts. God, get rid of the stinking thinking in my life. Transform me by the renewing of your mind, like, like you said in your word. Transform me, God. Transform my mind. Transform my thoughts. Amen. Somebody, this is my father coming up here. What you need, Daddy? This is a... 
Check this out, guys. He wanted to give me this. I think this is an exciting interruption. <laughs> Remember, we just had less than 6000 He just got $4,100 that came in. <laughs> is that amazing or what? Is that? that, that Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Man, I, I, wow. Unbelievable. God is so good. But, wow. How do you, men, come up here, Dad, mess me up. <laughs> when I get locked in, I get locked. Now I got to pull, pull it back in, right? <laughs> Amen. 41, man, that's amazing. God is so good. Can you imagine that? And uh, online, let me just tell you what God did. I, I just interrupt you real quick. I, uh, we, we have people watching online, right? And we had an individual uh, that's not anything from our church. Matter of fact, lives in several states away from us, several states away from us. So I want to tell you this. This is, a, this is an absolute miracle. Uh, he is pledging towards our building fund pledges $1,000 a month. Not even go to our church. Come on, that's, that's a God thing. That, that, that is just, that just, a, that's just a God thing. And so uh, every week, I, I just have to tell you guys, Every week, every day, it's a miracle. And I, and I tell you this because it's true. We are walking in a miracle right now here at Adventure Church. And I want you to know that you are part of a miracle of what God is doing here at Adventure Church. And, and man, don't take it lightly. You know, miracles are contagious. Walk into that miracle. People follow Jesus because of the, the miraculous things that he did. And because he did, people follow Jesus. And that miracle jumped on there and it came to their house. And so get ready and expect a miracle in your house. So let's get back to the word. Uh, prayer is where you can undress your thoughts. That's why the Bible says that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many know that sometimes stinking thinking can bring us down, right? You can cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. You know, sometimes what your cares are, it's not necessarily maybe financial pressures or physical pressures, but also your cares are in your mind, the things that you worry about, maybe anxiety, stress, pressure that you're going through in life. That You can undress that and give that to God, that, God, I transfer my trust into your hands. When you came into this place this morning, many of you now, I'm kind of figuring you out now, where are you guys, your creatures of habit, where you guys kind of sit. And so I had to set these chairs up last night. Cheryl and I were here after 10 o'clock. I vacuumed this whole place. Some places I might have missed. So if you see a little dirt on there, forgive me. Amen. I was getting tired. But I set these, these chairs up. You know why? Because you're creatures of habit, and I kind of see where you sit now. So Mark and Jamie, I know you sit there. I know you, you sit there. Andy and Rachel, I know that. Jeff and Ray, Robin, you sit there. I got you guys all figured out. So as I put it in there, I said, I got to set this many chairs here, and I got to put this many chairs there. But when you came in this morning, when you came in this morning, what is the first thing you did? You trusted that chair. So you transferred your trust or your weight off your feet onto that chair. And you, knowing that that chair would hold you up, right? That's the same thing with prayer. Yet you transfer you transfer your problems, your situations, your pressures, your struggles of life, you transfer them from your hands into God's hands because when you do that, God says, I work all things for the good of those in Christ Jesus. So the, that's why the Bible says cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And in transferring your cares, it means, God, I give you my thoughts, my worries, my concerns. I transfer them to you because I know that the battle is not mine, but God, it's yours. And that's the beauty of prayer. It's transferring your trust. Where you undress your thoughts, clean your heart. 
That God, that's why David said, create in me a clean heart. God, let my heart be right in your sight. I always say that in my prayer line. Right, God, let my heart be right in your sight. God, I want to be pure in you. And then also that I be renewed. Any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away, and all things become new. So God says, let, I'm going to make you new in your thoughts, your mind, your body, your soul, but most of all in your heart. And I'm going to make you new in your attitude and your outlook in life. Your attitude determines your altitude, how high you fly with God. If your attitude is a stinking attitude, if you're always down, I'll never make it, guess what? You asked for it. You got it, Toyota. But if you have an attitude that, man, I'm going to succeed, I'm going to go forward in life, man, I'm going to make it in life, man, you're going to go that way. Yesterday, after we got done working here, I was hungry, and I said, honey, what is open? And like I said, everything thing in this town closes down at five o'clock and so man I'm hungry and I thought well the Dairy Queen's open no that closes at nine and so I had to go to the holiday gas station over here and they had their brats three for two uh, two for 350 how I many you know what I'm talking about eat them on the fly right eat them on the fly and so I went in there I went in there and uh, when I went in there I had my mask on and this guy, man, I went and got some eggs for my wife, and I got my, my brats, and this guy followed me around. And he said, hey, I know you. I said, you do? I didn't know him, but he knew me. And I, he said, yeah, yeah. And he said, yeah, I just got out of rehab, blah, 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 blah. And he's going on. And, I, man, I'm, I'm making my brats and putting all my jalapeno peppers on and my onions and the whole works. My car stinks now. My wife said, you must have spilled some in the car. And uh, so anyways, uh, uh, he said, man, he said, I'm doing so good. And I said, what changed? I want you to get this. He, this is last night, not pertaining to my sermon. And I had no idea that this was going to happen. I said, what changed that made you change and how you're, why you're doing so good? He said, I've been, man, dry. I've been sober for the last year now and those kind of things. He said, I just got out of jail because of me being the way I was. And he says, I said, what made you change? Here's the thing. He said, my attitude. He said, I had to change my attitude and my outlook on life. You see, what you, what you go to, your, your life will follow your thoughts. So wherever your thoughts are, guess where your life's going to go? You're going to go towards your thoughts. So if you are always down in the mully grubs, if you're always down and depressed and discouraged, man, listen, you're going to follow that way. I always say that Christians should be stuck up. Not stuck up in a conceited way, but stuck up looking up. He said he will keep you in perfect peace whose eyes are fixed on him. That means being looking up and not looking down. When you look down, you're going to frown, but when you look up, you're going to smile. And that's what God wants you to do. So changing your attitude. But today I want to talk to you about omelets have different varieties. So I'm not trying to get you hungry, but I took this right off and I took my phone and I took a picture right off the menu at Gary's Calf. So omelets have uh, a variety. There's the granny omelet. Maybe you'll see it on the, the, the slide. The granny omelet. How many like a granny omelet? I like this one. It has hash browns, cheese, onions, peppers, and ham. Hallelujah. Sounds like some good food, right? They got back there. Melissa said, yeah, that's mine. I like that. Then they got the uh, meat lovers one, right? That's for the man's man. All the meat. All those hunters. We got to have the man. Right? Ham, bacon, and sausage, right? Then you got the Denver omelet. I like this one too. The ham, the onions, the green peppers. But you notice, and then they have the cheese omelet. And I thought this was kind of funny on their, on their, on their menu. The cheese omelet. Just cheese, and you can add anything you like for an extra $1.50. So I'm like, forget that. I'm just going to get the meat lover's omelet or the Denver or whatever. But you can see that every omelet, there's a variety. 
There's a variety in the omelets, and there's a variety in, in what you could put on the cheese omelet and so on and so forth. And so as you see in the church, and this is what I want to get to, as you see in the church, in the church or the body of Christ, there are different types of gifts. Now, I, I want you to get this. There are different types of gifts, but all starts and comes from one spirit, which is Christ. Everything that we do has to be anchored on the Lord. Just like the omelet, you couldn't do the omelet without the egg. You have to have the egg to make the omelet. Everything that we do in the church has to be inspired, anointed, guided, and directed, and appointed by God. I always say where God appoints, he anoints. Where God guides, he provides. Where he directs, he protects. That's what he does in your life. So everything that you do as your gift, God, you enable me to do my part in the body of Christ. So it has to start from Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is talking to the church of Corinth. He's setting in order the church of Christ. He's setting in order the church, that you and I are the church. And in the church, how many of you know there needs to be order in the church? And he's also identifying and recognizing the body of Christ, of where you may fit. Doing puzzles. My wife has a big puzzle table. She puts it out there, and she puts a, a thousand-piece puzzle out there, and she just dumps it out. I said, honey, just keep them in the box and so I can pick out one piece at a time. But she likes to put puzzles together. And then after she gets done keeping them together, she puts a, picks a picture of them, and then she crushes them all up puts it back in the box. But the whole point of that is putting the pieces together, and if you put a wrong piece together, the picture is not going to be complete. It's not going to be like it shows on the box. You have to completely put the pieces together. And guess what? Every one of us here today, we paint a picture. But if you notice each puzzle piece, it doesn't have the same color. It may not have the same markings on it. It's all different. But when it's all put together, it completes the picture. And when you and I sit back and say, wow, look at that. Well, that's what the church is all about. We are all different puzzle pieces that God puts together to make the church function and operate for his glory. Amen. So watch this. Paul is saying to the church, he's putting it in order. He says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all of its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Then he goes on to say, could you get that now? Watch this. He said, for we are all baptized in the one spirit, just like the egg. The omelet starts with the egg, that we today are all baptized in the one spirit, that we should be governed, directed, guided by the spirit of the Lord. He said, then he goes on to say, so as to one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. In other words, unity. The Bible says they drank from the same rock. They drank from the same well. You can see the unification, unifying together. And it goes on to say, go ahead. And it says, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Amen? Aren't you glad we're not all clones? Amen? That we're all different pieces. We have all different personalities. But he said we're made up of many. So watch this. He goes on to say, 
So we're made up of many. And I love this. As the body comes together, you see, man, we have all different personalities. We have different giftings. And we have different callings in our lives. But there's two things I want to show you. The role of the Holy Spirit. You notice it's all governed by the Spirit of God or the Spirit of Christ. But the role of the Holy Spirit, number one, is this. If you have this on your, on your notes, the role of the Holy Spirit, is, number one, is to unify the church. It's to bring us together in unity in one accord, working together as an eight-cylinder car, that we're firing on all cylinders, that we're firing all together, and that we're not working against each other, but we're working with each other, and we're blowing wind into the sail on the same purpose and on the same direction and accomplishing much for the glory of God. It unifies the church. I don't know about you, but Cheryl mentioned about her dad just passing. My mom passed away several years ago. But my mom, and maybe you guys can relate to this, my mom was the rallier. She was the flagship of our, of our family. I have six sisters and my brother. And she was the flagship of our family. And you know what? Every Christmas, we knew where we were going. We were going to mom's house, and everybody was going to gather there. And when we have our whole family there, no kidding, when we have our whole family there, there's over 100 of us when we have our whole family with all my nieces and their kids and nephews, all, everything. It's just over 100. But my mom was the rallier. She was the unifier. She was the hub of the wheel that we all came together. Though when my mom passed away, for the next few years, for our Christmas time, we were all going, well, now what do we do? Because she was the rallier. She was what pulled us all together. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's why God sent the Spirit. He's now at, in the Heavenly Father, seated at the right-hand side of God. But what did he do? When he goes, he said, when I go, I will leave something with you, which is the Holy Spirit. And what's the role of the Holy Spirit? To pull us all together in one accord. In unity. And so the role of the Holy Spirit is to find your fit, find your match, find your place for the purpose of the body of Christ. Isn't that great? So another thing about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit supervises the church. In other words, he looks after the church. Now, I want you to get this. He looks after the church. He guides us. He leads us. He directs us. Lord, where you lead me, I will follow. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside green pastures. Where he guides, he will provide. Where he directs, he will protect. He leads us as we follow him. And he leads you down the path of righteousness, not of dead ends. So God has a plan and a purpose and a direction for your life. So I want you to get this. Now, you got to understand it. So we as the body of Christ all play a different part in maintaining, now you got to get this, in maintaining the church and the life of the church. So in other words, listen, without you, Without you playing your role or your part in the church, what happens is the church goes down. The life of the church goes down because you are the life. And no matter if you sing or you don't sing, if you raise your hand or don't raise your hand, we all play a part in the body of Christ. We all have a role in the body of Christ. Now, I want to show you something real quick. Uh, Jerry, come here for a minute. Nelda, come here a minute. And... Uh, Jamie, come here a minute. And Mark, come here a minute. All right. Now, I want to show you something. Now, this is spontaneous. And, and I want to come over in the light. I saw the light. I saw the Now, stand right here. Now, I want to show you something. These are different parts of the body. All right? Now, they don't have any idea what I'm going to make them do, but they will in a moment. 
And, and, uh, but these are different parts of the body. Now, how many have ever seen the, the sound of music before? The hills are alive. A doe, a deer, a female deer. Gray, a drop of golden sun. I love that movie so much, I went and got it in Blu-ray. Amen? So, your doe, ray, me, fa. All right? Now, watch this. Doe, remember? Ray, me, fa. Now, this is the body of Christ. Now, watch this. If everybody plays their part, when the director points at them, <laughs> now, now we're going to sing it like the sound of music. You ready? <laughs> now, you got to wait till I point to you. <laughs> Being directed by the Holy Spirit, right? Okay, now wait till I point to you. Now you get the difference. Now see, Ray, Five, Do, whatever they are. I, you know, I forgot who's which. But the point is that you know that every one of them play their part. And when they sing and sync, what happens? They make beautiful music, right? And what happens is when the church comes together in unity. There's no limit to what we can do for the glory of God. You can be seated down. Man, you did a good job. Look at that. Yeah. Hey, Jamie, do that me again. Me. Me. <laughs> but you see, the difference is, guys, listen, we all have our part. Now, in maintaining the church, in maintaining the church, and the life of the church. You know, when I used to travel, my burnout was caused because when I went through burnout, my burnout was caused because in one year I put over 100,000 miles. I traveled all over and did every kind of thing and speaking here and there and everywhere. And I remember going into several different churches. And the church was made up, obviously, of the body. And sometimes going into different churches, strange churches that I never even know and just met the pastor and I got invited to speak, you know what? You'd go in there and sometimes they were as dry as toast. They moved like you. They, man, they, they talked like you. But what made the difference is they didn't have the life like you. You see, you determine the life of the church. There's two things that you can be in the life of the church. There's two things that you can be, and I want you to get this in your spirit. You can either be a thermometer. A thermometer is dictated by its circumstances that go on around us. Everything that goes on around us, if it's cold, your temperature goes down. Man, if it's hot, you go up. You're dictated by everything around you. But I pray that you're not a thermometer, but I pray that you're a thermostat. A thermostat has the ability to turn it up and to turn it down. You see, God made you to be thermostats to bring life to the body of Christ that when you see your brother and sister in need, that we're not kicking them down, but we're lifting them up and we're turning up the thermostat in us and say, come Holy Spirit, I need thee. Come Holy Spirit, the church needs you. Come Holy Spirit, touch that person. You see, listen, I don't want to be dictated by circumstances. I want to say, God, I'm coming to get what I want from you, God, because Lord, you are a God that answers my prayers. Lord, I'm coming to worship you and to honor you. I'm not going to let no rock cry out in my place. God, I'm going to get my praise on. You see, you got to be a thermostat. And a thermostat is what brings life to the church. I always say this, excitement 
breeds excitement. If you're excited, man, guess who's going to get excited next to you? You determine the attitude or the altitude of how far the church flies. So don't ever think that you have, are not important. You know, I, I love sports, obviously, and I do a lot of evaluations or illustrations about sports. I was a quarterback. I played quarterback and linebacker when I played football. They say, Craig Johnson, throw the bomb. Then he'll wave to his mom. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Craig Johnson around the end, 20 yards, he'll do it again. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Craig Johnson covering the sweep. Look at all those boys weep. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Remember that, Levi. Remember that, Zach. But, but you know what? So listen, I used to play quarterback. But listen, when you play football, you have 11 guys on each side, 11 guys defense, 11 guys on offense. And a lot of times what happens on offense, the guys that get recognized the most is obviously, number one, the quarterback. Amen? Aaron Rodgers throw the bomb. Yeah, then he waved to his mom today. Amen. Right? Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, you know, the tight ends, the wide receivers, they usually get the recognition all the time more so than the guys in the trenches. The guys in the trenches are the 300-pound guys that are blocking, man, man, keeping the defense off from Aaron Rodgers or opening up the, the holes so Aaron, Aaron Jones can run through. And those guys are sometimes the least recognized because they don't get all the glory, like, man, maybe able to spike the football, run into a touchdown, man, get to celebrate. The guys that are in the trenches do all the work. Matter of fact, they don't only do all the work, but Aaron Rodgers, three years ago, if you read about Aaron Rodgers, which I did, Aaron Rodgers, man, he went out and brought every one of his linemen a UTV. Every one of them. You know why he brought him a UTV? Is because he thanked them for protecting him and keeping them safe through that year. But sometimes in life, you may feel like you're overlooked. You're not the quarterback. You're not the running back. You're not the wide receiver. You're not this. But listen, if you have your notes, listen. Each player has to understand their role or their part on the team. And as a body of Christ, we got to understand our role and our part on the team. Listen to this. In the body of Christ, we need everyone to play their role. Now get this to play their role or part in advancing the kingdom of God. We need everyone to come together, everyone to join together. There's no big eyes or little U's. That's what it is, Heather. There's no big eyes or little U's. We are all important to the body of Christ. Every one of you, Phil, you are important to the body of Christ. There is no one that's unimportant here in the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 15 through 20, Paul again is stating that. Now watch this. Now if the foot should say, because I am the hand, I do not belong to the body. In other words, man, I'm not, I'm not the foot. I'm the hand. I don't belong to the body. If it would say, not for the reason, stop being the part of the body. In other words, man, I... I I'm just going to disassociate myself. I'm just going to disconnect myself from the body because I'm not that person. I'm not the foot. I'm not that valuable part. Now, if the foot should say because, and, and if the ear should say because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not be for that reason stop being a part of the body. Can you imagine? Man, can you imagine if the eye would say, hey, I... I, I, I don't need to be, I'm not an ear, or the ear could say I'm not an eye. And so in other words, what Paul is saying, no. Man, we all have to work together. Then he goes on to say in verse 17, watch this. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? 
How many, how many know what I'm talking about? Where would that be? He said, if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? In other words, what Paul is saying, you can't function without the eye or the ear. We need each other. We need each other. We need to be able to work together simultaneously in unity, in one accord. When God works together the body of Christ, man, there's no limit to what we can do. That's why I always say, this is not my church. It's your church. And the higher we go, it's going to all determine about how you go. That's why we want to start all these small groups. Man, we got to get these small groups off the, off the ground. Man, we need to do that. We need to open up our homes. Man, I want to do that. I want to see you get placed in ministry. Man, I want you to, man, excel and let God use you in whatever capacity that you want to be used in. Some time ago, I was in L.A., and I was with Tommy Barnett. I don't know if you've heard of Tommy Barnett. He's a big pastor in Phoenix. He has a dream center in L.A., and I was in his war, war room, and they call it the war room, and I, I get to sit right at his right hand. I'll never forget that, and I, I took my youth group there, and I got to sit right in there with him and be a, a part of what he was doing, and he called it the war room, and so he had all these people. I mean, it was just packed, this room, and he had this brainstorm, and they called it the war room because he invited people to come from his church and say, hey, listen, what is God putting on your heart? What is God putting on your heart? What is God putting on your heart? And you know what? He said, find a need and fill it. And listen, this is, what, this is the craziest thing. I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden this lady says, hey, I feel a need for ministry, for dog walking ministry. Tommy Barnett looked at us and said, well, go for it. And out of nowhere, Tommy Barnett's church started a dog walking ministry. Another one said, hey, I feel a need to go and help the elderly in cleaning their homes. Go for it. In other words, right there, as I sat at the table at the right hand of Tommy Barnett, man, I got to hear these great ministries start establishing. Listen, ministries are established and birthed and born in you. They're birthed and born with you. I can tell you to do something. I can instruct you to do something. But you're only doing it maybe out of obligation. But I always found this to be true. You can't put a square peg in a round hole. And I could tell you to do something and you say, oh, pastor wants me to do this. And pastor, hey, I got to honor pastor. But listen, if it's not birthed in you, it's not going to be enjoyable for you. God bursts it in you. There's no limit to what we can do as long as you don't mind who gets the credit. And I'm here to tell you today, you are the church. You are the one that God wants to use. Not just me. You're an evangelist. You're a disciple. You're a teacher. You're a preacher. You're a soul winner. That's who God clothed you to be. And God wants the church to rise up and find your role, find your spot with God. He says, listen, in verse 18, he says, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there's many parts but one body. You see that? Many parts but one body. And let me tell you something. Man, I, I know this lesson well. Man, I had five back surgeries. Man, I'll tell you, my first back surgery, I'll never forget. Uh, we just got done winning the championship in Montrose, Colorado. We, I, I was coaching AAU, and we won the championship, and we were at Holiday Inn there in, in Montrose, Colorado. And I took the two biggest 
basketball players on our team, Brad Jones and, and that other gentleman, and I bent them forward to dunk them in the pool, and they bent me backwards, and my legs were caught on their legs, and my, my back just pop, pop, just like that. And I, I mean, I was walking like this, and you should have seen. I had a cane that was made special for me, and I was walking like And from that, I've had five back surgeries. Five. Believe it or not, I, don't have a, I only have a scar about three inches in the small of my back. And yet, you know what? Once I had my first back surgery, guess what that did? It limited me to really say the saying, white man can't jump. Man, it took away my jumping ability. It took away me playing basketball because, man, I used to be able to play ball, but I can't get down and move. You come at me, man, fast and go to the hole on me. I'm just going to let you blow by me because I can't stop you. But if you try to stop me, I'm going to put it in your face. Amen? <laughs> hey, I'm a competitor. I'm going to beat you no matter what. But, but you know, after, after having those surgeries, man, it, 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 it limited me. And then... When I was in Colorado, we were driving in an old dried-up riverbed that followed the edge of the mountains there in Grand Junction. And there was this riverbed. We, 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 I was coming and doing an S-turn. And I'm on this bank doing this S-turn and just turning, going 40 miles an hour to keep my gravity to keep out on the side. And I got around the S just like that without any notice, without a helmet or anything else. I'm on my ATV. There was a big boulder. I'm talking, man, huge that this came down off the mountain, not when I was coming, but it was already there. And when I came around the S-turn, not knowing it was there, I hit it at 40 miles an hour. And I flew off the handlebars, lost my memory. My whole body was black and blue. I'm not kidding you, black and blue. And because of that, I lost this left ear. And so what happens, I can't hear. So if you're a new visitor and I sometimes getting close to you, especially when we're in a crowd, is because I can't hear you. I can't hear you because I, my, I cannot hear out of my left ear. So I'm going to give you a secret. If you want to hear it, talk to me. Talk to me on my right side. Amen. But I, but I lost that sense of hearing in my left ear. The point is I lost my back, five back surgeries, and my hearing. And because of that, I'm lame. I'm not able to function the way that I used to be able to function. And it's the same way with the church. Without you, we can't function and be the whole body that God wants us to be. That we need each other. We need to join forces, join hands, join together and say, God, this is our church. I'm part of this body. And when we do that together, there's no limit to what we could do. We need to work together. I tell you, God is so good. When we as the body of Christ are operating, now watch this, are operating in full measure. Now watch this, of the body of Christ. We are not lacking strength, guidance, provision, and wisdom. Can you imagine? Man, everybody plays a different role. Why do I get involved in your life? Because I love hearing your story. I love hearing what you do, your occupation, what kind of things your interests are. Because you know why? Man, as a pastor, I think, man, we can put that together. We can put this together. You see, we need each other. We need each other. Now, listen, I love this. <laughs> We're going to have to move on. 1 Corinthians 12, 25 to 27. 
so that there should be no division in the body, but that our parts should have equal concern for each other, that we work together for each other. Go ahead, keep turning to verse 26. It says, if one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is part of, of it. Man, when we all celebrate together, kneel, there's nothing we can't do. We played softball, and I'll never forget, Neil. You, I batted sometimes before him, and I'd get on base. Man, I'm not a home run hitter. I never have been. I get singles and doubles. But Neil, I'm on second base. I'll never forget. We had two outs. Guess what? Because of Neil getting a hit, I was able to score. And what happens is, man, I scored, but Neil hit, made the, got the hit to make me score. In other words, we had a tag team. You have to work together. We work together in what God's called us to do. I, and I got to go quickly. Now that I'm, God doesn't call the qualified. You got to get this. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call and the gift in your life. Man! He puts it in you. As believers in Christ, we celebrate each other's gifts and calling because it benefits the whole body. Man, we need you. I don't care who you are, what you've done, where you came from. You are loved here at Adventure Church, and you have a part in what God has for you. We're going to jump down real quick. Uh, you are not a number here at Adventure Church. You matter. You matter. You matter. You matter. You matter. Every one of you, Aaron, you matter. You may be quiet, but you're a gentle giant, brother. I love you. I love going to your place of employment and talking to you. You are a gentle giant. You are a great man. Man, you, Aaron, matter. And you know why you matter, Aaron? You and I have the same story. And, man, I read your story on Facebook, 10 years of sobriety. Give it up for Aaron. Man, Aaron, you matter. Man, him relate from my drug addiction, six surgeries of cocaine, Aaron, scars on my arm. You and I, we matter. We're not castaways. We're cast off doing the work of God. We matter. I got to jump real quickly. I, I, I got to get this real quick. I, hold on. I know I'm taking time. The body of Christ suffers when we don't do your part in the body. We suffer. We need each other. When you look at yourself, I want you to get this. This is where I want to close that. And this is part one. But next week, we're going to talk about the gifts. When you look at yourself as less to others in the body, you're saying God didn't know what he was doing. You're saying that, God, you didn't know what you're doing. I'm going to show you what he does me. Go to 1 Corinthians real quick. Listen <laughs> this. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. Now watch this. God knew what he was doing. God knows, Michael, what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He's orchestrating the puzzle. You're part of the puzzle. You're making the picture complete. Rick, he knows what he's doing. 
He says this, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So what God gave you was that special gift that you got under the tree at Christmas. He gave you the best gift, and he qualified you and made you equipped to do that gift. When God gave you your gifts or calling, he knew your personality and your possibilities. Your possibilities. Levi, I'm going to tell you right now, your days aren't done just because you graduated. God's still got plans for you. Man, he does, brother. He has big plans for you. Right now, you're in that desert. You're in that wilderness. But I'm going to tell you something, Levi. God's going to bring you out of that, and he's going to show you. You just keep being open. I got a text the other day from a young man that, man, I was coaching basketball last year. And Lisa, you know this young man. This young man, man, he's a fireball for God. And I went up to a man at, 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 at Siren High School. I went up to him and said, I know you don't know me. I know you attend the church here and there. I said, but you never really sat down and talked to me. I said, but God's got a call on your life. you got to hear this, Lisa. I said, but God's got a call on your life. I said, man, I, I want to help you get into the ministry. I will take you to North Central personally if you decide to go there. I said, you look up North Central on the, on, on the Internet, man. You find North Central. Man, he looked up North Central. He texted me last week. He texted me last week. He said, Pastor CJ, God has called me to go into ministry at North Central Bible College. You have to find it in you. You are a mind God. God is mining in you the gold. You're not gold rush where they're searching for gold. You are gold rush that you already have gold that's in you. You are rich with the anointing, the presence, and the Spirit of God is on you. Now, I got to close. In Psalms 139, I want you to see this. This is you. God does not respect your person in Romans 2.11. Watch this. For you. Wherever I see you, if you see my Bible, my name is there. CJ. Put your name there. Randy. For Randy created my innermost being. You, God, create my innermost being. You knit me, Randy, together in my mother's womb. Didn't stop there. He knit you together. Knit one pearl two. Knit one pearl two, right? But watch this. When he knit you, when he knit you, there was not a stitch that was out of place. I praise you. Why? Because I, Randy, am fearfully and wonderfully made. Ah! You ain't no leftovers. You ain't a clump of clay that was left over from your grandkids playing with. Your works are wonderful. I, Randy, know that full well. Now let me give you some bullet points real quick. God made you his best and nothing less. There's no one else like your Eunice. Be you. Don't just fit in, settle in, blend in. Use your gift. Use your gift. There will always be someone who is smarter, taller, faster, 
and maybe prettier, but they are not you. They're not you, Barb. You, Barb, have a gift of hospitality. You make people feel welcome and loved and accepted. You are one that, man, accepts people for who they are. I love being in your presence. You are that. Jeannie, man, you are such a joy to be around. Your smile, your love, your acceptance, your welcoming of people. That's you, Deb, your encouragement of how you are with people, always reaching out. I watch you on Facebook, always complimenting, man, telling people how much you appreciate them. Man, man, you, Patty, man, the cheers that you do for people and praying and standing in the gap for people. I look for a man among them to stand in the gap, but I found none. God is looking for you. Say, God, I'm going to bridge, Scott, this gap. The words that you send me, Man, I'll tell you, iron sharpens iron. Why am I doing this and taking some time? Because I believe that God is raising you up. Cream always rises to the trial. And guess what? You are the cream of the crop today. And I love this. Watch this. Sing the song God wrote for you and your voice. Be you. Be you. Next week, we're going to talk about you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com give. Thank you for your generous donation.